I'm really excited and thrilled to talk to Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. As I said, he's been the lead on this, looking at this story, trying to find more and more information nationally. Mike, good to talk to you again. And I just want to begin by saying great work on this story since I watched you Monday morning with Chris Sims. And I want to begin by asking you, when did you think after the first email about DeMora Smith broke that this story would pick up steam and more and more emails would come? Well, the first time it dawned on me was on Monday night when I was getting ready to watch the game, and I checked in with my staff at PFT to see if there had been any developments throughout the course of the day because the Monday of any week of the season is a pinball machine of activity and news and reaction to the games that were. And it was around 7.30 Eastern-ish that I asked the staff, hey, have you seen anything? They said, no, not anything. So I pulled up ESPN and started to cycle through the countdown show until I got to the segment on Gruden. And Adam Schefter was speaking in kind of vague terms, but also very telling terms that the league had sent more materials on Monday to the Raiders and that the league wanted the Raiders to deal with the situation. And that meshed with everything I had heard on Sunday. The league wasn't going to suspend John Gruden and that if anything was going to happen, it was going to happen with the Raiders. And then as I was gathering my thoughts on what Schefter said, that's when the New York Times story dropped. When the New York Times story hit and I started to scroll through it and see what those other emails were, that's when I knew it was over. And what amazed me about all of it, JT, is the fact that John Gruden had to have known those other emails were out there. Once he learns of one, he has to start scanning his brain and realizing that there's others, they'll have them, and that they're not going to stay buried 300 feet below the earth in you know, a, a nuclear sarcophagus, that they're going to come out too. And the fact that he didn't choose to walk away before Monday night when the rest came out is stunning to me because he could have avoided the rest of them coming out. But once they came out, that's when I knew it was over. Mike Florio is our guest, Pro Football Talk. So, Mike, the big story now moves forward to the leak emails and the NFL denying the leak, or does the NFL now have to be really worried that individuals like yourself and those with law degrees are looking at this and saying, wait a second, how did the one email get leaked? And then all of a sudden, the games are played, we're going into the big brand Monday Night Football, and more and more are leaked by the New York Times, we're involved with the Wall Street Journal. What does that say about trying to uncover who was leaking these emails? Well, let me tell you what my experience was with this, and it meshes with other things that have come up over the years. The league follows what I say and what I write very carefully. And they know how to find me when I write or say something they don't like. They know how to find people at NBC when I write or say something that they don't like. I was outspoken from the get-go that the league leaked these, that the league had them, and that someone from the league leaked them. Every indication, every ounce of common sense pointed in that direction. I was asking someone from the league on Tuesday a follow-up question unrelated to the leak, something else on the issue of the emails. And the spokesman with the league, Brian McCarthy, responded to my question and said, oh, by the way, despite what you've been claiming, we didn't leak the emails. And he was on the record because his next email made it clear that that part was on the record. And I was stunned because it's like, 
you've heard what I've been saying and you've seen what I've been writing. Why do I not hear that full-throated denial from you affirmatively? Why is it an, oh, by the way, pin the tail on the donkey addition to a separate question that I'm asking you? And I eventually left the conversation with this question. If you didn't leak it, are you investigating who did? And that was Tuesday at around 5 Eastern, and he's never responded to that email. Not once. Because I look at it this way, JT. This was either done deliberately or without authorization. And if someone leaked these emails to the media, setting the events in motion that took down one of the 32 head coaches in the NFL, the league should be alarmed, dismayed, and motivated to find out who did it because somebody broke protocol, somebody violated policy, somebody did something for which they should be fired. And I don't know whether they're embarrassed or what, but I think they leaked it. And regardless of who actually gave the first journal or the rest of the New York Times, they set this process in motion by dipping into the 650,000 emails, pulling out five, ten, however many about John Gruden, and sending them to the Raiders. That happened before anything was leaked. The leak came after the NFL decided to tattle on John Gruden by sending this packet to Mark Davis and basically saying, what are you going to do about this? Mike Florio joins us. So that really puts the NFL, as we speak, in a really tough spot because they're aware of this now, Mike, not only from you and other reputable outlets, but fans are saying, wait a second, this doesn't make sense. There's 650,000 emails. We understand that Coach Gruden's done. You can't walk that back. That is, that is just awful what he said, and we're beyond that. But we look back at the league and the denial about the leaks and now wondering who would do this. So from Mark Davis and John Gruden to the rest of the league, to all the other coaches, to the other owners, what are you suggesting other owners could be thinking about right now, knowing that this could be you know, a can of worms, this could be the Pandora's box, the fact that the NFL would deny leaking this when it obviously looks like they did? Well, I remember hearing from time to time when I was growing up And even more recently, the general phrase when there's some awesome power that's been discovered, we can't let this fall into the wrong hands. There's an awesome power that's out there in those 650,000 documents, and it's already in the wrong hands because of how it's been utilized to take down John Gruden. This is not a defense of John Gruden. But what someone can do because someone already has done is this. Cross-reference your enemies list with that database of emails. And we don't know and won't know until they're all out in the open. That's what's so dangerous about it. We don't know if and when they get sufficiently upset with someone who happens to have corresponded with Bruce Allen, who happens to have used language that would be offensive, derogatory, and the kind of thing that would cause someone to lose their jobs. And they mobilize against that person, whoever did this whoever decided that hey we're not going to release any of this information to the public that we obtained through the washington football team investigation and that was to protect daniel snyder and in turn his partners from ever being in a similar situation so we are going to bury all of this but you know what if there's ever somebody that we don't like and there's evidence that they did something they shouldn't have done We're going to reserve the right 
to carve off a little piece here and a little piece there and go after these people individually. That, to me, is terrifying. And it gets to the point, JT, where after what's happened to Gruden, you know, you may have a coach somewhere who just abruptly resigns at the end of the season or a GM who takes early retirement. And we'll never know why. Well, why? Well, pursue another interest, sir. I'm going to spend time with my family or I'm getting into broadcasting or whatever because they now have the ability to go to someone else with a packet of emails. Here you go. Take a look at this. You don't have to say anything because we all, we all saw what happened with Gruden. That's, to me, why all of this stuff needs to be out in the open because no one should have that power. And I understand that by dumping it all, you can end up getting a lot of people in trouble and a lot of people, quote, unquote, canceled, rightly or wrongly. And in Gruden's case, it was rightly. But that's better than having someone with their finger on the trigger of this power to pick and choose who they're going to bring down and who they're going to let continue in the event that there are who knows how many. We just don't know. That's what makes this so difficult. Until we see it, we don't know. But there's probably a good chance there's other people who, if it was all out in the open, would have met the same kind of end as John Gruden. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. So, Mike, legally, how does this Washington football team case open again once it was closed with that minuscule fine to Dan Snyder, his wife, running operations, a slap on the wrist? What is it going to take legally with your law background that says that the NFL down the road is in no other position? They have to be full, fully transparent. They must open up this case again so everybody can see the results well the easiest way to at least begin the process of inching this information toward the public domain would be to have one of these former washington employees who was harassed discriminated against whatever have one of those people file a lawsuit then they would be entitled to the entire trove of documents most likely in the confines of civil litigation but there would be protective orders and that information wouldn't come out at all until trial at the earliest when it would be conducted in open court and documents used as exhibits would be available. And that would be months down the road and a settlement would end all of that immediately. So that's one way for some of them to get out there. Now I've been trying to brainstorm and I know that there are others out there with the time and the resources and the motivation to do this, who are in a better position than me to accomplish this end. What are the different ways that the legal system could be used to get at these documents? And one idea I had, and I know that there are people looking into this, because so many stadiums out there are publicly funded, maybe in one of the states where the NFL does business, the Freedom of Information Act is written broadly enough that the receipt of those public funds, the workplace being a public place of business, that that could transform the team into the kind of public entity that would have to turn over for public inspection any and all emails sent and received on their server. An aggressive argument, and you'd have to find the right law in the right state to make it happen. But people are looking into that. And it could also become relevant in other harassment discrimination cases. And, And I think there's an argument that the mere existence of the Gruden emails is sufficient proof to justify, under whatever the legal theory would be, to justify some type of litigation that would entail exposure of these items. But, you know, it's one thing to have litigation that gets to the items, that the purpose is making them public. 
in any type of workplace harassment case, like I said earlier, those things become fair in discovery, in in the things that the parties exchange before trial, but they'll be subject to a protective order. So what, what we need to make a long story bearable, what we need to have happen is someone to come up with a way to make the argument that an NFL team in a publicly funded stadium is sufficiently public to be to the Freedom of Information Act in one of the states where the NFL does business. Wrapping it up with Mike Florio. Mike, on a personal note, how do you feel about the aggressiveness in a good way with all your reporting, your relationship with the league? I mean, you're on Sunday Night Football, the biggest brand, the highest rated show. You're reporting on this. The NFL knows you're talking about this. It feels like a movie, All the President's Men. You're the one guy there, you know, talking to Deep Throat or trying to talk to this source about something you know is making the league office very uncomfortable. They're making mistakes talking to you, as you said. There's more coming to the story. When you get up every day and investigate this story, how do you feel about that going forward? Well, the the easy explanation is I'm too old to give a crap. (laughs) And that's true. And when I when I feel like what I'm doing is the right thing and, and, and I'm pushing something that needs to be pushed, I never worry about those kinds of things. It's, it hasn't brought me down when I've done it before. And secondly, NBC is very supportive uh, and, and uh, of, of everything I do. They understand that we rattle the cage. They understand that we that we ask the tough questions. We understand that we aren't bought and paid for like. And, you know, it makes people mad when I say this, but every reporter who works at NFL Network is getting a paycheck signed by Roger Goodell. I mean, what the hell do you expect them to do when it hits the fan in a situation like this? They're not going to push back or they're going to be gone. And it's, you know, and people kind of shrug at that because what do you expect? You're working for the the very company that you're trying to to put in a bad spot. So I I, I don't worry about it. I don't think about it. And... uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I also don't hold out a lot of hope that at the end of the day, this is going to be successful. So maybe maybe I shouldn't be dancing so close to the fire on something that isn't going to have a payoff because I, 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 I'd be surprised if we get this information. But I'm encouraged by the fact that so many people seem to understand that this information needs to come out and that, that, that are able to compartmentalize the fact that what John Gruden did is wrong with the fact that what happened to him is unfair because there are others out there who should receive similar treatment, but because the NFL is hiding all of this, and it starts with Daniel Snyder, frankly, because the NFL is hiding all of this, we don't have a fair outcome with everyone being held accountable for whatever may be in those 650,000 emails. Mike, last one. Uh, This one's close to us here in Vegas. What do you say to the Raider fans or everybody who's saying the Raiders weren't involved in this Washington football team cultural uh, investigation? And all of a sudden, Mark Davis is in this situation right now. No one's defending what John Gruden said. No one would. But you look at the one team, the team that goes back to Al Davis, now Mark Davis, in a brand-new market in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. Everything seems to be off to a good start here. There's been other issues behind the scenes. There's been staff shakeups and other things that have happened in the last couple of months. But Raider fans can't believe that this didn't come off a Raider server or this wasn't a Raider issue in-house. It goes all the way back to the Washington football team, and now this team is breaking in an interim head coach to go play Denver, and Raider fans want real answers on how these emails were leaked. Well, demand the answers. Raiders fans should feel frustrated. They should feel like what happened to their team is unfair, that other teams 
should be potentially disrupted and distracted by people being held accountable for things that they did, that but for the discretion of whoever decided to target Gruden and no one else, these other teams would be dealing with these issues. And I will say this, there's two categories of emails that could be out there still that we obviously won't know about now that Gruden has walked away. And I think what the NFL was going to do was continue to leak more and more of these emails until Gruden was fired or until he quit. But you mentioned that none of these emails came from a Raiders server. Well, none of the emails we've seen have come from a Raiders server, but Gruden and Allen were friends and still are. And Gruden went back to the Raiders early 2018 and Allen was with Washington until December 31 of 2019. There's a two year overlap where it's entirely possible Gruden was sending more emails on a Raiders server and the NFL held them back because that would have embarrassed Mark Davis if that would have come out. And also the other category here that I'm very curious about that we haven't seen, when you consider the acid tongue that John Gruden has, the take-no-prisoners mindset when it comes to denigrating anyone and everyone, he's like that high school bully that never got his comeuppance and eventually did at age 58. How many times he make fun of Mark Davis in emails he sent to Bruce Allen? What's he said about Mark Davis back when he wasn't working for Mark Davis, before Mark Davis offered to pay him $100 million over 10 years? What's he really think of Mark Davis, a guy he would have known something of from his first time with the Raiders? And if those don't come out, those don't embarrass Mark Davis. This is all part of the leverage to get the Raiders to do what the league wanted because you hold those back, you keep those in the 650000 document vault, and you don't use them until you have to. And – you know, as a practical matter, if you if you if you put those out later, then it makes Mark Davis look bad, and maybe that's one of the things the league was trying to do to get Davis to move on from Gruden. Because I don't think, based on what Mark Davis said on Wednesday, mm-hmm. I think he did not want to move on from Gruden, and I think he's mad about way the, the way this was all handled, and he has every right to feel that way while also still believing that what John Gruden did was wrong. Thanks, Mike. Really good reporting. Really appreciate you making time for us. Thank you so much. Sure thing, man.